Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. And we have a special guest rejoining us today. Another return guest. Back by popular demand. You wouldn't believe the stacks of letters and emails we get to have Charlie Mead back on the podcast. Charlie Mead's Hey, guys. How are you? Happy to be here. Yeah, we're good. And this is kind of exciting because we are talking about a brand new topic in PT, one that we have not covered on the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. No, we haven't. And it's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Just when I thought we... different. Covered them all, here yeah. comes something new. Just when you guys thought there couldn't be any more. You guys just keep surprising me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about blood flow restriction training. Sounds scary, doesn't it? It does sound scary, but it's not, Al. <laughs> it doesn't involve any vampires or no the movie needles. Twilight or anything like that, right? You don't actually see blood. That's right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So, Absolutely. Charlie, give us a little bit of uh, a background here. What yeah. is blood flow restriction training, or some people call it BFR? Right. right? BFR is sort of what it's commonly uh, called, but blood flow restriction training. It's been a, around in some degree for quite a while. Some power lifters and bodybuilders have used it in the past. Uh, basically kind of the idea that if you kind of limit blood flow to the extremity that you can actually make the muscle go under more load or more under more uh, strain uh, to get a better effect for something called hypertrophy, which is a fancy word for making the muscle get bigger and stronger. That's okay. A big word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in essence, you're you're starving that muscle for a short period of blood yep. flow yep. to make the muscle that is getting blood flow work harder. That's right. And get bigger faster. And it right? also creates, so yeah. And it, there's also like a, you know, a cell response that happens that your brain basically is triggered that there's some sort of trauma to the tissue. And actually that's sort of, you're trying to replicate what happens with high intensity loading, right? Okay. So we all kind of understand that if you're trying to get stronger, you got to work really hard and lift really weight, really heavy weights. And that's true. So in situations where maybe that's not appropriate for a patient, and we'll talk about this in a little more detail in a minute, um, you can replicate that response through something called blood flow restriction by basically restricting the blood to the tissue, which allows for a greater response from a cellular level and allows for the body to be triggered as if it's being it's under a high-intensity load. I got you. Science. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, cool. we're artificially taking someone to a level where, for whatever reason— Maybe based on their injury Correct. or health condition or whatever they couldn't get to on their own. Is That's that right. right. Exactly right. Okay. Yep. So does this only have a place in the people that want to be power lifters? Absolutely not. It probably, <laughs> probably has more um, historical relevance to that crowd. But I okay. think the bigger, um, I guess, uh, uh, future is probably in the rehab world for sure. Okay. Um, and I would say that in situations where someone is non-weight-bearing, maybe they can't put weight through an extremity because of a fracture or a surgery that we're trying to protect some healing tissue, or the situation where maybe you have a tendon that's healing, maybe in somebody that has um, you know, some patellar tendonitis or something like that, and we're trying to get their quadriceps stronger or their hamstring stronger or their hip stronger, well, we can't have them do squats and things like that because it hurts their tendon. Well, uh -huh. we can do a lot of uh, leg raises or we can do some other types of exercises that normally wouldn't be that difficult and wouldn't put that much load on the muscle. But under the situation of, of blood flow restriction, we can make that exercise much more difficult. Okay. 
So how long have you been using this in practice? Probably about uh, two, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. And what kind of things have you seen with patients? Yeah. So I I see that patients regain their strength um, a little quicker than if we waited Uh um, till they can do those things that are, you know, so we could, I mean, just wait for that patellar tendon problem to get a little better, a little less painful and take them through high intensity training later. But if we can replicate uh, that response a little earlier, they, they make their gains quicker. Um, that's probably the biggest thing that I've seen um, is just a quicker regain of strength. Okay. So, you know, basically taking that, you know, time frame where it may take weeks to build strength and cutting mm-hmm. that. I mean, is it cutting it in half? Is it cutting it in a third? Like, do you have a good feel for yeah. how much quicker we're moving things along? I would say probably increasing it between 25 and 50%. You know, okay. Increasing it by that amount. Fantastic. And have you had patients um, in terms of like how they experience it? Do they find it comfortable? Do they find it painful? Like what's their feedback during the number one uh, adjective, if you will, that they use to describe (laughs) it as weird. Okay. It feels odd in some way. Not you, Charlie, the treatment we want to talk about. To be honest with you, I haven't clarified (laughs) No clarification there. (laughs) Maybe I need to dig a little deeper. Uh, but no, I think they feel like it, it feels odd to them the first time around. Okay. It's like, uh, it's like getting, uh, your blood pressure checked. Imagine okay. that feeling on your arm, um, or on your leg. So it's yeah. sort of that type of feeling. Um, and then you're trying to do some exercise with that pressure on yeah. the, the arm. So it feels weird, but it really isn't uncomfortable. If it's right. uncomfortable, there's something, you know, we need to change or modify about it because okay. it's not supposed to be uncomfortable. So if it works that well, you know, 20% of the time, it works mm-hmm. all the time, whatever. <laughs> um, why, why don't you just do it for everybody? Who's the right, right candidate right. for blood flow yeah, restriction? Sure. No, I honestly think that's a great question. I think there's probably <laughs> a lot of more, uh, a lot more patients that probably could use it than what we currently use it for. I think we're yeah. learning more about it. Okay. I think there's a lot of potential there that we haven't fully, um, understood yet, you know? So, um, in, you know, there is, there is some time that goes into setting it up, you know? And so things like that. So maybe <laughs> there's some limitation there in terms of it being used for every patient that walks in the door. Yeah. But I do think that, uh, for the right patient, it's really, really an, a, a great idea to implement. And if, um, you know, if the patient, if they put it on, is it a matter that they leave it on for an entire session Mm -hmm. or is there times when it's on and off and inflated? It's usually on for, take us through that. Yeah. You can leave it on for anywhere between 50, 15 to 30 minutes usually is sort of what, um, but that's probably more than what we would keep it on for. Mm -hmm. Typically, um, there's kind of one or two different protocols that we'll follow where, uh, basically, it's on for, you know, let's say five minutes at a time with a little bit of a rest break, and they're not doing any activity with it. I mean, that's sort of the intro to it. And then you can also do something called the hypertrophy or or strength building uh, protocol, which is usually consists of you having the the pressure on for usually around three to five minutes while they go through um, a high repetition, simple exercise. So it's okay. usually about 75 total reps um, that they'll end up doing. So that's a lot of reps. I mean, yeah, it is. You know, we have patients that complain at doing thirty. So now we're yeah. we're you know up in that to seventy five. Yeah, so yeah. sixty pretty, to seventy five. Pretty intense so, yeah. workout. Then. Yeah, it can be. It doesn't look like it if you're a bystander watching sure. them. You know, sure. so we may to get the elbow, the bicep stronger. We may just have you bend your elbow up and down, up and down, up and down. Just the it weight of the arm. Just not the weight, a weight. of the arm. Maybe okay. not. Yeah. Okay. You can add some weight, but you uh-huh. don't have to. So right. okay. um, when I was going through the training myself, uh, we we were I was so surprised. I mean, we did something. As uh, simple as like a bridge or a leg raise with it on yeah. our thigh. And we had it on one leg and, and we did the same.
same thing on the other leg, and the difference was the incredible. uneven muscular. Yeah. Well, I was. I was walking around. And in now a Charlie only <laughs> runs in circles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh Gosh. my goodness. So. A uh, silly question here. You know, we yeah. talked just like a blood pressure cuff, mm-hmm. so you can put it on arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, can't do anything for spine, back, neck, well, things with this? Um, no, you can. You okay. absolutely can. So there is some evidence to support the idea that there's a systemic response to um, the restriction. So when there's when there's some sort of – and systemic means it happens kind of across the body as gotcha. a whole. Okay. Um, and so when you occlude that, bl- that blood flow going to the muscle – um, there might usually our understanding is that that effect is going to be um, away from or, or towards the toes or towards the fingers from the from the pressure. Um, but there is some benefit there, we think, uh, happening above the cuff as well. So you can get your hip muscles stronger and your spine muscles stronger simply by doing exercise with this uh, sort of uh, the, the occlusion happening or the blood flow blood flow restriction happening. So, okay. yeah. Any medical conditions prevent patients from being a candidate for this? Yep. We want to be careful with people that maybe have a significant cardiovascular um, conditions, like maybe you've had a recent heart attack or a a complicated history with that. Anybody who has, like, skin issues, maybe their skin's super Mm -hmm. thin or... Yeah, so we wouldn't want to put too much oh, pressure to the skin. Oh, like the bruise easily? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Not, and that doesn't necessarily exclude Not sensitive them. thin skin. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be thick skin to come to therapy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes with uh, with older adults, uh, skin can tear easily, yeah. so we want to be careful of that. Uh, anybody, one big thing we kind of look out for is, like, if you've had a history, a recent history of... Uh, uh, blood clots that maybe have formed in the extremity. Makes we want sense. to be a little careful with that. We don't want to pull blood in an extremity that has a sure. tendency to clot. Um, so those are probably the three big ones that we kind of look out for. Um, but you know, even in that, there's we're still learning more about maybe people that might be a candidate. So usually, what I would do if I have a patient that I'm not for sure on, I, I get on I get on the phone with their doctor or okay. you know that sort of thing, and we can talk it over and figure out if it's the right thing for them. Interesting. And that's pretty cool since we're private and independent. Mm-hmm. We're willing to talk and work yeah. with any physician group Absolutely. out there versus being part of one specialized select network mm-hmm. where maybe that's you right. can't go outside of that circle. That's right. That's right. And even if you come to see us direct access without... <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm leaving. <laughs> well done, young Padawan. Oh, thank gosh. you. Thank you. Guys, he even trained Charlie just on his own. It's like he did it himself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But, you know, we could get a hold of your uh, your primary care doctor or anybody that you have uh, a relationship with medical-wise. For sure. We could, we could check with them so, anyways. Yeah. So this is like a whole apparatus that you yeah. use. Um, if, if you know that it's right for them and it's totally safe for them to use, you talk to their doctor and they're still kind of wary about doing it, how do mm-hmm. you kind of approach that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think... I might demonstrate it on myself, maybe. Oh. I think that's one thing that I would do. Um, okay. You know, I, I let them try it out. You know, we could we could just put it Lower on. Lower intensity. Yeah. Okay. It, usually, they're, honestly, it's probably appropriate for most people, the first time you try it, um, to do that sort of protocol that is just passive, no exercise. You just put it on and you leave it on for a few minutes just to see how they respond to it. Okay. So at worst, I'm right there next to them and I just disconnect it immediately. So, so there's um, ways to step into absolutely, it and for build sure. intensity. For sure. Love absolutely. It. Absolutely. Well, we're going to do something new on the podcast that we haven't <laughs> done dun, dun, before. Dun. I know. So we're trying to keep it fresh and we're actually going to do a live demonstration of this blood flow restriction. Charlie's going to go ahead and hook me up and I'm going to do some movements and I'll be able to take our listeners through kind of exactly how it feels, exactly what's going on. And 
you know, this will give you a true first person account for what it's like. Yes, you guys are going to be able to hear and hopefully get a good description picture of what the feeling is of this blood flow restriction cuff and training that Matt's going to go through. So while we set that up, we'll put you on a short little break. Okay, we are back. Why don't you guys describe kind of what we just got ourselves into here? (laughs) So I've got Matt set up with the uh, blood flow cuff on his arm. Um, we, he's got a little bit of, um, some lateral epicondylitis, which is commonly known as tennis elbow. Thank so, you for the description. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. So he's been dealing with some outside of the elbow pain. Um, and we're going to use the blood flow restriction cuff to work his extensor muscles of his forearm and his grip exercises, um, to make him progress in terms of strength, but decrease the load on the tendon because that tendon's kind of uncomfortable and painful. So we're going to decrease the load on the tendon, do some real light activities, but under the cuff, uh, under the occlusion of the cuff, which is going to make his muscles work stronger. Okay. So I have set him up with the blood pressure cuff and or with the blood flow restriction cuff rather. It looks like um, a blood. It pressure does look cuff. like a blood. <laughs> yeah. In fact, looks I have and feels little, yeah. just like that. Uh, at this yeah. point, it's, it's on deflated. His upper arm. It's not in. It's on my upper arm. Uh, over my shirt sleeve, I asked yep. Charlie the importance of that, and that's yep. just not to pinch the skin. That's right. That's so, right. It's attached a, to a little air pump. Just it looks a lot like a like a manual blood pre- blood pressure cuff yep. that awesome. you would have at the doctor. So I've got a little little squeezy pump here. We have different sizes of the cuffs. So um, if you're for, just like the most muscular man, I out have there. hulking yeah. biceps. So Charlie had to special order this one. Yes, exactly. Arnold Schwarzenegger is so welcome. The real answer is that we have lower extremity sizes and upper extremity sizes. However, sometimes you'll get someone like Matt who has to wear a thigh size on his arm. Oh, so, my goodness. Don't yeah, make anybody yeah. feel bad here. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Okay, so Charlie, um, you want to take uh, the listeners through kind of what you did? Because there was some special testing yep. involved leading up to this, yep. right? So this whole thing is based on something called occlusion, which basically is a fancy word for uh, t- obstructing the blood flow into the extremity, right? Thank so you. we are stopping the blood from getting into his lower arm. Um, so we measure that. So we use what's called a Doppler, um, which basically is the same thing if you've ever experienced maybe a, a, a woman who's pregnant and they're listening for the fetal heartbeat. Um, they put this thing called a Doppler on the skin and uh, they can listen to the heartbeat. So literally I just find uh, the pulse at his wrist and I'm listening for it under the Doppler and I listen for it to go away. And so I pump up the cuff until that sound goes away and that tells me that he's no longer getting blood into his extremity. And so at that point, that pressure that I read on the on the blood pressure cuff, you've always heard of like, you know, 120 over 80 for being blood pressure, right? So the number that I see is basically an amount of pressure that I've put through the blood flow restriction cuff around his arm. And I say that that's 100% occlusion. Well, in the upper extremity, we're going to work out around 60% of that, right? So that gives me a number that I can go off of. So if, you know, if I got him to 200 millimeters of mercury to occlude his, uh, his, his blood, then we're going to take 60% of that, and we're going to work out at that level. Okay, that makes so really, sense. And Math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can we can work out at any type of occlusion. You, We always work out at a hun- at 0% occlusion. Right. You think about that, right? Yep, makes we're sense. We're just increasing the amount of occlusion that we're, we're, we're working out at, and we're measuring that. So, And, and we do it using... for safety just to make sure that we're all staying consistent with the amount of pressure and that it's not too much pressure. We can always adjust that number, too. Okay. We're using a lot of big words here, yeah. but I think yeah. it's self-explanatory. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> all right, good. And as a patient, that um, the you know Doppler testing that Charlie did, very comfortable, just really feels like getting your blood pressure taken with maybe a little bit firmer pressure. 
and then he's moving, you know, like he mentioned, that around on your arm. So no issues with that. Awesome. So let's get this started, and I will point the microphone towards us so they can get the full experience. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pump this up. Um, we're going to pump it up to the number that we kind of agreed that we needed to, to pump it up to, which in this case is going to be about 120 millimeters of mercury here. Okay. Um, and what's that feel like? Matt? feels just like getting your blood pressure taken. Mm -hmm. The cuff's a little lower, so it's down kind of on my bicep muscle. Mm -hmm. um, so you can just feel the pressure, you know, or the, you know, kind of like you, you feel a limb that's not getting all the blood supply because, you know, mm -hmm. the cuff's on. Yep, so, absolutely. But, See the needle bouncing. Is that his heartbeat? Yeah, it's exactly what that <laughs> is. It's exactly what that is. Um, and so oftentimes you'll see some skin, uh, like the the color of his skin will change. And you probably are noticing that his hand's getting a little bit red, which is very normal. It's, it's expected, in fact. Um, and this is safe to do for an extended period of time. Again, we could keep this on for 30 minutes without taking it off, and it would be typically no issue for him mm -hmm. um the first day that what we would do is we would put this on for about five minutes take it off for two to three put it back on for five minutes and just kind of keep cycling that without doing any exercise at all just to make sure that he responds to it well the following day probably what we'll do is we would implement some exercise so i would have i would have this same blood pressure uh blood flow restriction cuff on his arm um, at the same pressure that it's at right now, and I would have him go through a series of exercises. So in order to target the muscles that we want, we're going to work on some uh, muscles that attach to that area, uh, his lateral epicondyle. So we're going to have him go through uh, 30 repetitions of extending his wrist up and down, okay? Just like if you were, uh, imagine if you were revving your Harley, right? You know, so you're, you're <laughs> like <bringing> that. <laughs> exactly. That's exa actually, Matt had some uh, practice with that because he rode his Harley into the, oh, the studio today. So <laughs> He wishes. Matt, so you're on like, what, 15 now? How's it feel? So, you know, it's, it's interesting to move and exercise while it's under that pressure. It does feel harder or more challenging, you know, but it's not painful in any way. It just feels like it's a harder movement to do, um, you know, because that pressure's on and I can see or feel like increased fatigue in my arm, whereas normally moving your wrist up and down 15 or 20 times wouldn't create any any fatigue. Right. Your arm's not going numb? No numbness, no tingling. You know, it just feels like, again, really just feels like the that there's the pressure, you know, yeah. um, cool. on there. So after 30 reps, I'd have him take a small break, but keep the br keep the pressure on, right? So keep his uh, limb occluded is what we would say, right? So um, which that means basically just keeping the amount of blood flow that's going to his arm the same. And then we take a small break and we go into 15 reps. And then we do another break and do another 15 reps, another break and do another 15 reps. So that's typically what we would do. Ooh, fatiguing. Yeah. <laughs> we would do high repetition, low weight exercise. Um, but this would replicate a pretty high intensity workout of those extensions. Yeah, I'm muscles. doing no weight. I mean, I'm just moving my hand. It feels like I've been holding a probably five or ten pound weight. I mean, it yeah. it really is a fatiguing movement. It's not painful, but definitely working the muscles for sure. So we would do that, um, and then we could either, if he's feeling okay, we could go into a next a second exercise. Um, which probably if I were, if I were choosing the next exercise, it would probably be some sort of grip. So maybe we would get some putty or a stress ball and put it in his hand and we would do the same repetitions. We would do 30 squeezes followed by a small rest, followed by 15, 15, 15. Um, and then we may even do a third exercise, you know, so we could do probably anywhere between one and five types of exercises. We could keep the blood flow 
restriction tr uh, cuff on the entire time, we could give him a break if we need to. So it really, there again, there's no reason we can't keep it on other than his symptoms and how he's feeling, right? And we can go as intense as we need to, but we always usually start low intensity first and work our way up once the patient and us sort of feel comfortable with how their response is. Makes sense. How do you feel? Uh, you know, again, just the building of that pressure. Mm -hmm. My arm feels tired. Yeah. You know, um, but it's not painful. Gotcha. gotcha. You can still feel your heart pumping even though you're not working out. That's right. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what I wonder when you let the pressure off, is there is you let it all off at once? Do you grade that down? How do you typically do that? You, usually we would um, take it all off sort of pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, it's okay. not a lot of pressure in there. I yeah. mean, imagine how much time it takes for the pressure to go away when you have your blood pressure checked. It doesn't okay. take long. So we would take it all the way off. So I'm going to go ahead and do that now. You can kind of hear the air escaping out of it. Well, that just feels like a good rush of blood, like, oh, yeah. wow, that, you know, and pressure's off the there. A lot of people will tell me, arm. like, it feels like their hand gets tingly right when that happens. Just because, but again, it's just because blood's going into the hand, right, you know. Um, oftentimes, I'll just double check, and, and if we take a break or maybe we um, are, are taking it off for good, I'll look underneath the cuff just at the skin and make sure the skin looks okay and everything like that. Um, occasionally you'll get a little small bruise in there, but it really shouldn't happen. Um, yeah. so that's why we put the shirt on underneath it and, and that kind of protects the skin a little bit. So, um, in terms of sequence, um, you know, obviously we were doing exercises to build strength. Um, do you ever do stretching or flexibility things with blood flow on or not often? Not no, make no, a uh, usually it is based uh, I guess our biggest focus is strength. There okay. is some research out there that supports the idea that actually you can increase something called VO2 max. What? Uh, <laughs> I know, which is basically a, a way of measuring cardiovascular endurance. Um, so which is like how far you're, you can run or how far you can bike or swim um, over an extended period of time, right? So there is some evidence to support the idea of a walking program or even cycling with this blood, uh, blood flow restriction cuff on both legs. Uh, it's not something we typically do just, uh, you know, in our current setting, but some like exercise science research has looked at that. So is this something that someone could buy and do on their own or is this like recommended to be, you know? Yeah. So great question. The answer is yes, you can buy these things on your own, but uh, you shouldn't probably play around with it a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, you know, knowledge that goes into sort of understanding the safety behind it and kind of why you're doing it. But like I kind of alluded to earlier, this general idea has been around for a long time. Um, bodybuilders and, and powerlifters have mm -hmm. used this technique in a much more basic way, basically meaning just tourniquets on their leg with right. straps and things like that, Ew. which, you know, really probably you shouldn't be doing yeah. from a safety standpoint. It's good to be monitored by a medical for professional. Because sure. <laughs> at that point, you don't know anything about how much pressure you're putting on um, or how much pressure you're you're, you're how much blood you're taking away from the extremity. You have no idea. You don't know how if your skin's tolerating it okay. So, um, yeah, I felt definitely... very, very scientific, very controlled when Charlie applied it and did it. And mm -hmm. I felt very comfortable, you know, in the fact that he knew exactly the level that we were working at. So right. even, and I, you know, have a minor injury in my elbow there, but if I had a significant injury or if I, if it was, if he was going to apply this on my son or daughter or something like that, I'd have confidence that it was going to be done in a, you know, controlled clinical way that was going to be safe. Yep. So absolutely love that safety first. All right. Well, thank you so much, Charlie. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in and learning about blood flow. And we'll be talking to you soon. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thanks Charlie. Thank you. Bye -bye. Appreciate it. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com, and you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!